0: All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to New Live Church. I hope you're excited to be here on this Christmas Eve. How many is excited to be here today? Come on. Let me hear you. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, hey, my name is Jeff Baker. I get the chance to be the lead pastor here at New Life. We're one church in multiple locations, and I just want to look right now into your eyes and tell you thank you so much for choosing a New Life to be your home church this Christmas Eve. We're excited to have you at all of our campuses, our online campus, our physical campuses. We're one church, man. and We're thousands of people just meeting right now, just praising God and celebrating the goodness of God. So I hope you guys, I uh, hope you. You guys have an amazing, amazing Christmas. Hey, uh, talking about Christmas, how many of you have uh, already opened up a gift at a, at a work event or at a family event? How many people have already opened up a Christmas gift? Let me see your hands. Come on. Okay. All right. And on, like with a cheer, with a cheer, let me hear. How many of you guys are going to open up all of the Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve? Come on. Let me hear that. I got, a, I got a feeling what's going to happen next. How many you guys are going to wait until Christmas to open up all the gifts? Oh, you traditionalists. And all the kids are with me. They're like, open the gifts now. Um, yeah, but you guys know how it works, that if you open up all the gifts on Christmas Eve, it's amazing how our kids wake up and go, where's my gift? Um, and so you still got to save gifts. Well, hey, we just had our staff Christmas party. We've got an incredible pastoral staff and ministry staff team here at New Life. We just had it. It was here at our Carney campus. And we, we decided to, like, pick a name and to give somebody a gift. Uh, and so it, was, it wasn't a secret Santa thing. It was definitely a we know you, and I'm going to give you a gift. And some of those gifts are going to be very meaningful from the heart. And other gifts are just going to be off the wall. And so all of a sudden it came to my wife and my wife. It was my wife's moment to receive a gift, right? And this video plays, and then the next thing I know, a puppy shows up. <laughs> Who gives a puppy to somebody on Christmas? I mean, if you give somebody a, a gift that requires batteries, that's one thing. Many of you gave gifts that require batteries, you're too cheap to even buy the batteries. But I got a puppy for Christmas that I didn't even want. And it's the gift that keeps on giving, if the giving, you know what I mean, it keeps dropping gifts for the next decade or more, right? And, um, but it was a prank. It was a prank. And um, why am I telling you the story? I have a video of it. So check out what happened to me for Christmas. And so Merry Christmas, from the of my heart to you. Ha 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 Good news, that staff member still on the team. Okay. And my wife was in on the prank, guys. Right. She was in on the prank. Oh, man. But you know what? In all seriousness, um, I was really glad we aren't going home with a puppy. Um, but no, seriously, I, I walked away from that going, they love me. I mean that like that took a lot of secrecy, <laughs> deception, <laughs> basically evil. Um, it took it took a lot of creativity. It took a lot of unity, and they knew what would get me, and they did it, <laughs> and they got me. They got me good. And, uh, you know, I, I was sweating, but I had tears come to my eyes all at the same time. And it wasn't because I was thinking, how do I get rid of this puppy without losing a friend? It was, I had, I had tears come to my eyes because I knew that that's exactly what my wife would want for Christmas. But our lifestyle just doesn't fit that right now. And although I was sweating, like, what am I going to do? I was crying because I was recognizing that my team loves me. And one of the things at Christmas time that is a challenge is that some people, they wrestle with love. They, they wrestle with feeling loved. And I'm not just talking about from one human to another. I wanna to talk to you today about what Christmas is all about, and that is knowing that God loves you. There's a lot of people that wrestle with that. And we've got a classic passage of scripture that many of you have heard, John three sixteen. It reminds us how much how God loves us. So what I want you to do is I want you to read this scripture with me. Uh, it will be on the screen. Let's just take a look at it. Read along with me. Will you do that for me? John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. You know, can I just replace something for you? At the very beginning, for this is how much God loves you. I think we use these words like world, and we forget us. We use words like humanity, and we forget about I am one of them. I'm a human. God loves you. And you, you might think to yourself, like, well, that's a great scripture, but does it actually apply to me? Like, does it fit my life? I mean, come on, Jeff. I mean, do you know what I've done? You, you know the rap sheet of my life? You, you know who I've cheated you know who i have wronged you know the attitude that's been in my heart i mean does it still apply to me like you know what i've said recently out of these these lips right here those hurtful hateful destructive words you know what i have said you haven't followed me around you 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 don't realize that i'm not perfect like I, i i'm not sure that this applies to me how could god love me You might be asking yourself today, does God love me? If you wrestle with that question, does God love me, it's probably because of one critical reason, and that's this, that you probably just don't understand what God's love really is. I want to help you over these next couple of minutes that we get a chance to share together on this Christmas Eve. I want to help you understand what what really is God's love and how is it different? Because first and foremost, you need to know that human love is different than God's love. It's radically different than god's love i mean think about think about this with me and please don't raise your hand okay and or multiple times but but if someone wrongs you if someone hurts you if someone breaks trust with you right that you loved and you loved deeply what happens after that we don't turn back on the love meter very easy in our humanity in fact, we will, we will resent them, we will hate them, we will, we will reject them, we will even say bitter things about them, both verbally, on social media. It doesn't matter, we'll do whatever we can, but at, at minimum, we just will never trust them again. See, that's where God's love, guys, is radically different. God's love is so radically different than our love. God knew that you were gonna doubt him, but he loved you anyways. God knew you were gonna reject him, but he loved you. God knew you were gonna fail him. God knew you were gonna fall short of living a life that was going to honor him and bring him glory. But guess what? God said this, I still love you. God knew it. God knew before he even created humanity. You can read about it in Genesis chapter three is when God the Father projects to humanity that I knew you were going to sin, I knew you were going to fail me in the garden, and I had a plan from the beginning. You know what my plan was? I was gonna send my one and only son to give his life for you, just to prove to you, to let you know that I love you. And so, at Christmas time, we recognized that Jesus came in a barn of all places, amongst barn animals. And that's where he started. And he grew. And he became an adult. And he ministered the love of the Father to humanity. And then he went to the cross. but. God, God knew, God knew that you and me were gonna reject his son, Jesus. God knew that we were going to kill his son, Jesus, as well. But yet God said, I love you so much that I'm gonna send him anyways. Like, why would God do that? And it's one big reason, and that's because God wants a relationship with you. That's what he wants more than anything. You could go buy any gift on this planet, and it's never going to come Anywhere close to what God's looking for from you because of the gift he gave to you and me through Jesus. God's looking for relationship with you more than he's looking for anything. That's why God did it. But you and me, we don't deserve it. I mean, come on. You look at your life. Look at my life. I mean, look, we're flawed people. We're not perfect people. We didn't deserve it, but God gave free love to us anyways, guys. I think the closest example I have of this is a mom's love for her children, right? A mom's love for her children. Husbands, if you're sitting next to your wife and you have children, this is a great moment just to put your arm around her and squeeze her. This is a great moment to squeeze her hand because I think moms are amazing. Moms have this unique ability to watch us grow up, see all of our flaws, but yet still see the best in us. Dads, they want to kick us in the butt and we probably need it, but moms, they look right through it and they see the best in us. Moms have this unique way of loving us in our worst. It's the closest thing on earth I can see to God's love for us, but even with that, it still doesn't come close to the amazing, intense depth of God's love for you and me. And I don't know about you, but I think that's amazing. You and me are very much like the children to the the illustration I just gave. We got a mom, we're the children. We're we're like the children of God, though. And, And in that sense, we're not perfect and we're flawed in all kinds of ways, but this is what God says about us. In Romans chapter five, verse eight, he says, for God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, watch this, while we were still sinners, or while we were still flawed. This is what I love about this passage of scripture. There's two things. First, God sent Jesus knowing that he was going to die on the cross for you and me. Guys, that's a love beyond anything you and me can ever imagine or comprehend. It's beyond it. I'm not sending my son to die for you. But God did. You wouldn't send your son to die for me either. We're humans. There's an attraction, there's a there's an intimacy, there's a bond between us and our children, but God sent his only son. Guys, that's pure love. And secondly, that scripture tells me this, that God did that while we were in a place where we didn't even love him. See, that's what I'm talking about. God's love, guys, is at a depth greater than anything you and I have ever touched, felt, experienced, read about, talked about. His love is at a level much deeper. Why? Why does God do things like this? Because God looks at your life, and he says one thing, he goes, that person has value. And God put a high value on your life. He put a high value on your life, that's why he sent his son Jesus to die for you. So God's love, what gives you value? God's love is what makes you valuable. You're valuable because of God's love. I love 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it talks about this principle and it says this. See how very much our Father loves us. Come on, just touch the people next to you and go, he's talking about you, right? Just touch him. He's just talking about you. He's talking about you, right? Look, see how very much our Father loves us. Watch this. For he calls us his children, and that's what we are. Your value doesn't come from what you do. Your value doesn't come from what you do for God or what you haven't done for God. Your value doesn't come from the last name of your family and your family's lineage. It doesn't come from that. Your your, your value doesn't come by how much money you make this year or what kind of education you have. Like That's not where your value comes from. Your value comes from a whole different place. Your value comes from the love of God on your life. In fact, the value of God has given you a brand new title. Your value doesn't come from the title of Mr. or Miss or Mrs. Or doctor, or you know, reverend, or you know, professor, you know, whatever title, manager, leader, owner, CEO, CFO, COO. Your title isn't. Your title not It doesn't dictate your value. Your value and my value come down to two crystal clear words: we're children of God. Your value is based on the fact that you are a son of God or a daughter of God period. Why? Because God sent his one and only son to give his life for us. That's what I love about God, guys. I love the fact that God didn't display his love for us in some far-off galaxy someplace that we have to look through the web telescope to actually see it. Or he didn't do it in stars. He didn't do it in some far-off place. No, God loved you and me so much that he brought his love here and made it tangible. He brought his love to earth. That's what God did. He he brought his love, and he goes, look, I'm going to make sure that my love comes near you. And therefore, we have the Christmas story. And the virgin, Mary, is going to give birth to a son. And they're going to call him Jesus. Because he's God with us. He's Emmanuel. He is God who came near us. Why? Why? Why did they call him Jesus? Because he was going to be the one who set us free from the sins of our life. He was going to save you and me. And church, I would just say to you on this Christmas day, that is love. So what is Christmas? Christmas is a reminder that God loves you. And that he put his love on display for all the world to see in a barn of all places. And he did it through a baby. But I think that's perfect. Because I don't know about you, but when you hold a baby, isn't there something about holding a baby that just kind of reminds you of innocence? It reminds you of purity. It reminds you of perfectness. I mean, I get it. Until they cry and you can't control it. I understand. Until you got to change the diaper. I get it. I understand. But when you hold that baby, it reminds you of, like, innocence and perfect and pure. Isn't it amazing that God came to humanity in the form of a baby? I think that's profound. I think what God's trying to say to us is this, my love for you is pure. My love for you is innocent. My love for you is non-manipulative. My love for you is perfect. It's non-failing. It's never going to fail you. And that means that my love for you, like the innocence of a baby, my love for you loves you in spite of your flaws. And I long to call you son and long to call you daughter. So that God the Father sent his love to us at Christmas in the form of a baby to tell us this, I love you. So this is what I find profound as I wrap up today. Did you realize that then when we turn to one another and we say to each other, Merry Christmas, that really what you're saying to each other is, God loves you? Because that's what Christmas is all about. I think there's a reason why in this world there's an attack on Christmas the word Christmas. You know why? It's because this world is trying to reject God. They don't wanna hear, God loves me. But church, I'm telling you, when you turn to somebody and with a smile on your face and you say, Merry Christmas, you might as well be telling them, God loves you. When you're in the store and you tell them, Merry Christmas, you're telling them God loves you. When you tell your family, Merry Christmas, you're telling them, God loves you. Isn't that good news? Because Christmas is all about God's love. So when you tell them Merry Christmas, you're telling them God loves you. Come on, let's thank God for that, can we? So here's, here's what I want you to do. At all of our campuses and online, I, I, at Carney, I just want you to take a moment. I want you to stand. I want you to turn to three or four people, and I want you to look them in the eye. and With a smile on your face, I want you to say this. Merry Christmas, because you know what you're really saying is, God loves you. Come on, stand with me and say that to somebody near you. Come on, Merry Christmas. God loves you. All right, everybody. Hey, look, let me, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. All right? Let me pray for you this Christmas. Come on, grab the hands of the people that you love that are near you. All right? Grab the hands of the people you love that are near you. And let me pray for you. Father, I just stop for this moment, and I pray over this congregation. It's one church in multiple locations. I pray over the congregation in North Platte right now. I pray over those who have gathered in Ogallala. I pray over those who are with us online. And, Lord, I pray over those that are with us here at Kearney. That, Lord, this Christmas would not get robbed by anything that the enemy would like to throw into their path. That this Christmas they would be reminded of the most important message, and that is that you love us. And that you love me. And, Lord, we need to make that personal. We need to be reminded that when you sent your son as a baby, couldn't defend himself. Couldn't feed himself. Couldn't take care of himself. But that really wasn't the point, was it? The point really was to to say to us that your love is pure and your love is innocent and your love is perfect. And as we reflect on a baby in a manger today, he is the Savior of the world. He came to set us free from our sins. Lord, thank you for this amazing, incredible gift that proclaims. It proclaims to the universe you love me. And Lord, may that be the greatest gift that we receive this entire Christmas weekend. So Lord, thank you for this congregation. May you bless them, keep them sick. May your spirit be upon them and may you go with them. May joy fill their home, may peace fill their hearts. May the celebrations of Christmas be filled with Christ at the center and loving family in the exact same way. In Jesus' name, amen.